Baseball can actually be fun. You almost forgot. I almost forgot. But baseball is supposed to be fun and can be a whole lot of fun. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, May 29th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All righty. Detroit Tigers take three of four from the Chicago White Sox. Take two of three over the weekend. Today's Monday. Today's Memorial Day. Thank you to all of those who have served, are serving, etc., Uh, as we take a day and honor those who have made the ultimate sacrifice serving this country. All right. Uh, The Detroit Tigers, like I said, win two of three over the weekend, a very, very fun weekend in Comerica Park. Uh, It's just how quickly we forget how fun baseball can be and how fun Comerica Park can be when this team is winning ballgames. Like this team is still not even 500 and Copa is buzzing buzzing filled with electricity the the fans were fantastic this weekend i went to friday's game they got punched in the mouth and absolutely destroyed and before that happened it was still really fun and the crowd was buzzing and then saturday and sunday fantastic crowds for fantastic wins and it's just like the, the Akil Badu grand slam you know like that moment happens and and you feel the the electricity and the excitement in the air I, I've been looking for this feeling for seven years, and I'm and I'm not trying to say that the Tigers are are, are going to be some you know 90 win like world beater team or, or even that they're going to win the division or whatnot. Only a game out though, don't sleep. Uh, but but for real, like I, I'm not trying to say that this team all their problems are gone and and, and they're going to be this really good competitive team the rest of the summer or anything like that. They still got a lot of stuff they got to work on. Okay, but this city is just begging for a winner just begging for a winner and it's just Detroit is such a different place when the Detroit Tigers are winning ball games and right now they are and I don't care if the AL Central is a laughing stop stock and is historically bad I, I I could not give less of a hoot what the circumstances are surrounding the fact that the Tigers are only one game out of the first place I don't care let people enjoy things it's been seven years of misery have fun, enjoy the ride for as long as it lasts. All right? Baseball is fun. And this weekend was a whole heck of a lot of fun. I want to start with the starting pitching because it's starting pitching. That's obviously why. Uh, and I'm really smart and clever like that. Uh, I want to, I, I, The real reason is because I want to talk about Joey Wentz. And I want to talk about one of the negatives from the weekend. Really the only two big ones. There was a few little mistakes in there that really drove me nuts. I don't know if we'll have time to get to all those. But... The two main things that that really 
weren't the best this weekend were Joey Wentz and still this team's inability to hit with runners in scoring position. We'll start with Wentz. Uh, he struggled again. And, you know, I, I refuse to believe that his fastball just sucks. Uh, and you can say that I'm dumb for that. I don't care. I, it, it doesn't. Like, it, it, the fastball isn't awful. He just cannot locate it for the life of him at the moment. And, and I And I don't know... I guess it's just a pure command thing. I don't know that there was a huge thing this weekend. A couple of beat writers pointed it out and, and a couple of just like Twitter accounts, really great Twitter accounts, by the way, pointed it out uh, that his release point has just been different this year. And I, and I don't know if that's intentional by him. If he knows that he's doing it, I would imagine that nothing gets by this incredible pitching coaching staff, uh, Fetter and, and Nieves and Lund and whatnot. I'd imagine that they're all well aware, but it, for whatever reason, he can't locate a fastball to save his life at the moment. And, and it's just, it's really frustrating because it's not like this flat, awful, bad pitch. It just is getting rocked because when he misses, he doesn't miss out of the zone. He's not walking a boatload of players. He's missing right down the heart of the plate consistently. Go watch Friday's game again. Every single pitch is like, if you were to break the strike zone down, this is what, what we used to do, like was, was break the strike zone down into nine boxes, right? Kind of like you're playing MLB The Show, I guess. And like everything was at least touching like the middle box in the strike zone. Everything was just over the heart of the plate. And uh, it's been like that way for a few starts now. And the thing is, we've talked about it a lot. There's no one waiting in the wings. There's no one that is like crushing it in AAA. There's no one that uh, is major league ready in Erie. If you want to like go back even further, I don't think there's anyone that's like waiting to get the call up that's a starting pitcher in AA. And, and there's like Reese Olsen's really struggled this season. Uh, Wilmer Flores has not been like super dominant, and they're definitely not going to rush him right now. Like you just have to find a way to get to either Manning or Scooble or both being healthy again. You just got to find a way. And I, I don't have the answer, genuinely. It, it, I, I was talking to somebody who said Mason Englert. That is not the answer. May, I, I, I like what Englert has, has shown this team at times. If he was a starting pitcher and you gave him four or five innings, it would be a home run derby at the moment. He has a legitimate home run issue. He gave up another this weekend. He gives up a lot of long balls. When he's not, he's locked in and looks good. But, like, that's a serious problem that I don't want in my starting rotation. And, and there, uh, Tyler Alexander, I, I guess, but I, we've done that before. We kind of know what we're going to get. I'm not sure that's going to be substantially better. Uh, not that Tyler Alexander is going to have an 8 ERA when he's a starter. But, like, th there's just there's no clear-cut, easy choice for, for who to replace him with. And so you just got to find a way to make it to Manning or Scooble being healthy again. That's all you have to do. You just got to find a way to figure it out till then. Uh, they haven't announced the starter yet for his presumed next start, but he would be demoted by now if they weren't, if they were going to do that, I think. And Hinch has said that they're going to stick with him. Now there's a rumor that he, they might do an opener thing. They might have someone go open the game and then Wentz kind of piggyback off that. That could be uh, uh, something that happens in the, in the Rangers series, but I, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to what they're going to do, but uh, it, it's really frustrating. Just his, his fastball and cutter command has just gone completely out the window. It's really unfortunate because I think he has good enough stuff to really make it if he can figure that out 
So we'll see what happens there. The other starting pitching was great. Absolutely phenomenal. Michael Lorenzen was perfect through five and two thirds. He almost goes seven. Uh, he had a really good outing. His changeup is so lethal. He goes six and two thirds, two hits, two runs. Neither of them earned one walk and four strikeouts. His ERA is down to three, five on the season, which considering his first two starts were awful. That's unbelievably impressive. He has been almost lights out since start number two uh, for the Detroit Tigers this season. And yeah, like he, he just, his changeup is such a weapon and he really is. He's a three pitch pitcher, but he's a two pitch pitcher, right? Like we we've explained this before. We don't have to go too crazy with it, but like depending on if it's a righty or lefty, he's a two pitch pitcher, but he has three total pitches and it, and it just depends on, it just matters on who he's facing. Uh, and that changeup is a legitimate weapon. And he was throwing that to everybody in this outing. Um, and it was really, really effective and really impressive. And he didn't get like a boatload of whiffs and he only had the four strikeouts, but he kept everybody off balance, like a, a masterclass performance on, on keeping an offense off balance, just a ton of weak ground outs, routine fly outs, low average exit VLO for the first six innings. He was great. And he's giving you innings as well, which this starting rotation so desperately needs. And then Erod with a masterclass performance back to back into uh, his old bag of tricks there, right? Six innings, one earned run, just the one solo Homer that he gave up. That was the only blemish on uh, what do you have? Five or six strikeouts as well. He's so good. And this one was the reason that he was so effective in, in Sunday's game was because of his ability to go North South with ease. I, I'm, I, I don't want to get too carried away, but like, he is just, He's so good at his job. And like it it's frustrating because he'll give up like five runs sometimes. And, and AJ Hinch said in his post-game presser, people are like, oh, like, you know, he doesn't have a zero three ERA anymore. Like, well, he he like sucks now. Like, no, it's just this is major league baseball and it's hard. No one's gonna sustain that ERA throughout a whole season. And like he's just such a professional pitcher. He's going to fill the zone always. And he's not going to be afraid of any hitter he faces. And sometimes he's going to get better and he's going to get rocked every once in a while. We've seen that certainly in his Tigers tenure, but like he is such a pros pro, like just a straight up professional. And, and like I said, this game just had no fear going up in the zone with heat up in the zone with off speed down in the zone with heat down. In the, he wasn't even painting corners. He was like kind of over the heart of the plate, but just constantly working up in the zone heat, then down in the zone heat, then up in the zone cutter, right? It moves a little bit. It's four miles an hour slower, and, and the guy swings right through it. Just total changing eye levels, master class performance when it comes to changing eye levels, and that is what that, – that's such a fundamental thing that's taught at such a young age, but is such a, a – when you're good at it, it can carry it to the majors, kids. All right, like the changing eye levels is, is so crucial. And Erod just looked like such a professional pitcher on Sunday. He's so good at his job. And it's such a genuinely, I mean this, it is a pleasure to watch him pitch. Whether he gives up five or zero, I don't care. That is a pro at what he does. He 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 is such a mature pitcher, and it's really a joy to watch him. Uh okay, let's talk bullpen and then we'll talk offense. I know everybody wants to talk offense. It was a heck of a weekend for the offense. We'll talk about it for good and bad reasons. Uh, right after I tell you all about our friends over at 
Built Bar, if you're looking for a delicious snack and you don't want all the sugar and calories, you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. It is Built Bar. If you're like me, you want healthier snack choices. Uh, and I, I have just the thing for you if you want to accomplish that. It's built because they taste healthy and amazing. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't even think they're good for you. You think they're a candy bar. But it turns out they're incredible for you. Uh, they have 100% real chocolate. That's what they're covered in. And that's the first thing that makes them taste great. They have unbelievable flavors like churro. That's my personal favorite. Uh, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, etc. It's so, so awesome. I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste amazing while having only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box either. For years, we've been talking about ordering Build at Build.com. You can still do that to get your specialty flavors, but you can go to your local Walmart and get a four-bar box, your local Sam's Club, get a 13-bar box. However you get your hands on some Built Bars, just make sure you do. Try them out today. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in so much. Thank you for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every single day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping the game one of the Texas Rangers series. All right. Uh, this was also, you can check out the Tigers home broadcast on your SiriusXM app. I, I want to make sure that that's clear because it's a very cool feature that I think more people should know about. Uh, if you have SiriusXM and get the SiriusXM app, just type in Detroit Tigers and you can get their home broadcast for game. Very cool. What a weekend. What a, my, my brain's going a million miles an hour. I'm so fired up. The, the, these guys don't quit. Say what you will about them. It's probably true. They don't hit with runners in scoring position. They refuse to hit with the bases loaded, but they don't quit. And last year's team had only quit only quit like that that was it they continuously just rolled over one run deficits felt like the world they felt like they were impossible to overcome this year's team is proving pretty much every day that that's no longer the case and that is an awesome feeling not being going into the back third of a baseball game going into the seventh eighth and ninth and even if the team has a really good closer not being like, all right, well, this game's over. Good try. We'll see him out there tomorrow. Be like, no, there's still a third of this game left. There's still three of nine innings left, and we have a chance to do something here. They've been doing it all season. They did it twice over the weekend. Uh, let's talk about our bullpen for a little bit. Not like the greatest bullpen performance ever, but also, A, the defense did them no favors the entire weekend. Andy Abanez, uh, single-handedly the reason that that was a close game. I don't like saying single-handedly. That's not true. But it was a big reason uh, that the game got close, right? That throwing error that then led to three unearned runs uh, all scoring. And then on Sunday, you have this crazy inning where – Torkelson falls over fielding a ball. Then a bloop single to left happen, and Javi Baez doesn't get the ball into the infield. And what was it? Eloy Jimenez, who's, I don't know if you know this, isn't fast, gets to second base when he should have stayed at first. And then, like, Zach McKinstry goes home with a ball, and, like, it wasn't even really a close play, and he should have just gotten the out at first. Like, the defense really did them no favors, which is unfortunate because early on, they, they we were really singing the praises of the defense, and uh, lately it feels like we've been talking a lot about defensive mistakes. Uh, but I think that they held on and held their own. Like, Will Vest, for as much as he struggled on Sunday, 
Had a fantastic Saturday. Really closed the door there. Jason Shreve, I've really liked a lot lately. That splitter is going to play. And oddly enough, he's a lefty that has much better numbers against righties than lefties this season. He's got a reverse split guy, which isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world considering uh, the fact that, that, I don't know, we have two like really good relievers back there, no matter if they are righty or lefty. I guess we kind of would, regardless, nice to see him go out there. Uh, and then Tyler Holton, I thought looked crazy good as well. Great changeup and whatnot uh, from him on Sunday. And then Jose Cisnero got a lot of heat. I thought it was completely undeserved. I, I And I'd be saying this even if we lost. Like, I genuinely, I thought the reaction from the fan base was ridiculous towards Jose Cisnero. He didn't do anything bad. Like, there was no hard hit balls. There was a, a, a broken bat, like, bloop single that turned into a double because Javi screwed up uh, to left field. Like, literally, like, splinted the bat and barely got into the outfield of long just blooper then again the defense does him zero favors should have got out of the inning two separate times before giving up some of those runs and it was the defense's fault he gives up a fly ball and he gets a ground ball hard hit to third base and Zach McKinstry just can't make a play at home and doesn't get the out at first either like he didn't give up uh did he give up a hit well yeah the blooper to left I guess but he didn't give up any hard contact he went in there and and, and really did his job and hit his spots and, and didn't get overmatched. Uh, his ERA going into the outing was under three on the season. I, I, is Jose Cisnero the high leverage reliever on this baseball team? No, I'm not trying to tell you that he's better than like Foley or Lang or whatever. I, I'm not even sure he's the third option really for high leverage, but like acting like he just had a complete meltdown and was awful is ridiculous. That outing is not even remotely close to Jose Cisnero's fault. It's Will Vest in the defenses. That, that, that's who gets pinned for that inning going and unfolding the way it did. Um, and, and then a little bit of Babip luck from the baseball gods, I guess, if you want to pin anything on Cisnero. Uh, but that was a pitch. That was a ball inside that somehow he just muscled a broken bat into left field. Um, so, yeah, as a whole, I thought this defense, the defense, this bullpen was pretty solid. And going into Friday's game, the Tigers' bullpen had the second lowest team ERA of any bullpen in all of baseball in the month of May. And that's just more stats on how much better this team has gotten in May and the role they've been on. Uh, and now they're a game under 500. And that's super, super cool. Let's talk about the offense. My nose is itchy. Let's talk about the offense. You know what? They really frustrate me. They really do. But golly, I love them. I love them like, oh, I love them so much, but they drive me nuts because they still can't hit with runners in scoring position. Okay, Friday was a complete disaster. We're not even really going to talk about Friday too much more just because that was just a, a really bad pitching performance by this baseball team, uh, and it was never a close game really. But Saturday and Sunday, runners in scoring position. They go 5 for 16 is what they end on Saturday. Okay, but at one point, that was a lot worse, a lot worse. Okay, and then they had some clutch hitting late. We'll talk about Zach Short later. And then on Sunday, they go one for 12 with runners in scoring position. Nine left on base on Sunday, I think eight on Saturday. They still, like, and even with the, the average not being awful on Saturday, like, they still failed, what is that, 10, 9, 10, 11 times, whatever number I said. Like, they, they just cannot hit with runners in scoring position. 
They have like a sub 200 batting average with the bases loaded. They, they, they are one of the worst bases loaded offenses I have ever seen in my entire life. And I'm being dramatic, but like, it's also probably wouldn't shock me if that were true. It's unbelievable to me how consistently they fail with bases loaded, no matter how many outs they are. But what is the one Trump card? We've been saying it on this show all season. The one Trump card to not being able to have timely hitting is power. Enter Zach Short in Akil Badu to drag this team to victory. One for 12 with runners in scoring position. The one was a bases loaded home run by Akil Badu on Sunday. And then Zach Short hits a three run go ahead bomb at the end of the game. What was that? Seventh or eighth inning on Saturday to get the lead back as well and put the game then out of reach. The one thing that trumps awful timely hitting is you can get the ball over the fence. And they did that when it mattered this weekend. So we get to have a little bit of fun. All right, let's talk about the individual performances that were good. We're done talking about negatives. We already talked about all of them, I think. Uh, If not, I'm sorry I lied. We'll do all that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in as always. Again, be sure to go check out the Detroit Tigers broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Awesome stuff. Super clutch. You can just search Detroit Tigers. Uh, You can do it for the game today, the Rangers game this afternoon. Just type Detroit Tigers in the SiriusXM app. You can get the Tigers broadcast. Very, very cool. Okay, let's talk individuals, okay? The strike zone was dominated yet again over the weekend. The Tigers drawing a ton of walks and just, uh, in general, working a lot of counts. On Saturday, they had four walks and three strikeouts as a team, which is crazy because Riley Green went one for five with three Ks. So, they only struck out three. They had more walks than strikeouts on Saturday, which is an unbelievably impressive statistic that I don't think we've been able to say too terribly often over the last couple of years of Tigers baseball. And then on Sunday, they walk eight times. They still strike out 11 times, but they walked eight times on Sunday. And that is on the heels of, what was it, Thursday when they walked 11 times. They chased Dylan Cease, who is the ace of this team. Say what you will about him. He's one of the more talented pitchers in the entire game of baseball and has dominated the Detroit Tigers in his career. They chased him out of this ballgame. He went four innings, four hits, four in runs, four walks, still had his eight strikeouts. His ERA went up, and his pitch count was through the roof after two. And definitely after three, he was already at like 80 pitches or something ridiculous. And that's been a theme that this team has done over the entire month of May, but especially over the last two weeks. We've we've had this conversation a billion times, it feels like. Starting pitcher, we got him out early. Still a close game because we don't have any timely hitting. And the offense is still kind of wishy-washy at times. But as far as scoring runs go, I should say. But the approach has been spectacular. The Detroit Tigers in the month of May have the sixth most walks drawn in baseball by a team this month. 
the sixth most. They have 96 walks drawn as of the 28th of May. Just outside the top five. Awesome stuff. And that will take this team so far, especially doing that on the first game of series is so important to me. You really want to dig deep into that bullpen right off rip and, and really put the other teams back against the wall going into the series. And they did that in this ballgame. We talked about it on, on Friday's show, right? They did that on Thursday. So just a fantastic performance when it comes to approach. Now, again, the execution still needs to be a lot better at times. But I'll be darned if they aren't working counts and drawing walks like crazy lately. It's really, really awesome to see. Let's talk about some individuals. Zach McKinstry might just be the greatest baseball player to ever live. And, like, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but, like, genuinely Barry Bonds should sleep with one eye open. I am so amazed at pretty much every single Zach McKinstry at bat at this point. Do you know Zach McKinstry's OPS? It's 860. Riley Green's OPS is 805. We threw a parade when he cracked 800 at the end of last week. He had such a ridiculous weekend, McKinstry did. His OPS is 860. A homer walking more than anyone. In the month of May, Zach McKinstry, I believe, has the third or fourth most walks out of like individual players in the entire game of baseball in the month of May. He's walked dang near 20 times in May, and it's May 28th, and we've had off days in there. He is an absolute machine. He is a perfect leadoff hitter at the moment. And I... Not only does Scott Harris deserve a ton of credit for bringing this dude in and 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 developing, you know, the, the coaching staff for helping him develop and whatnot, but, like, this was a guy that two weeks into the season on this show, we were like, yeah, you know, if if somebody's really crushing the ball down to the minors, he's probably on the short list for people that are going to get, you know, like optioned or DFA'd. We, he didn't even play here during spring training. We acquired him via trade a day before opening day. And now he is objectively, objectively, this team's best hitter. He has a 295 average and an 860 OPS with, with like some pop and incredible walk numbers. He's unbelievable. The legend of Zach McKinstry grows. Riley Green had a great weekend as well. The, the difference that he can make was on full display on Sunday. Riley Green goes... What, one for three? But he had two walks. The one hit was a triple that ended up being the game-tying run in the ninth inning. And he robs a home run like Superman in dead center field to keep the deficit at just one run in, what was that, the eighth or ninth inning? That is the way that he can affect the ball game in so many different areas. Drawing walks, running the base as well, getting clutch hits. He did everything on Sunday, and he's a franchise ceiling player. And games like this remind you why. Um, Javi Baez continues to struggle. Uh, his OPS is now under 600. He's really struggling, actually, pretty mightily at the moment. 
This is just the, the, the peaks and valleys of the Javi Baez experience. We've talked about it a billion times. Uh, he went on the you know, end of April and early May. He had like a 1,000 OPS over a two-week stretch. Now he, he's, been, he's been dreadful. Uh, he's really been struggling over the last couple of weeks. And then June will hit, and then he'll go on a tear again. And then people will be like, oh, my goodness. And then he'll go back, and it'll just – that's just Javi, okay? So tough it out. If we can last a few more days, hopefully we get the hot streak soon. Spencer Torkelson, a lot of walks this weekend, a lot of walks this weekend, and a really big clutch double over the center fielder's head on Saturday's ball game. That was the crazy thing. Like, they had just gotten an error at, to, to blow a lead, and they were losing. And then immediately, Joe Kelly, who, by the way, had retired 34 of the last 36 batters he faced heading into this game on Saturday. and twice he blew leads against the Detroit Tigers. Zach Mc- On Saturday, Zach McKinstry homer, Riley Green double, Spencer Torgelson double, boom, Tigers are winning. Sunday, McKinstry, Green, Baez, ground out that scores Green, boom. That, it, it, it's, it's magic. <laughs> Steve's not even 500, but it's magic and it's awesome. Um, Akuba do. Akuba Du has the third highest, if you exclude Zach Short, who has like a thousand OPS, but his sample size is very, very small. Akuba Du very quietly, I feel like, has the third highest OPS on this baseball team. He has an OPS currently of 772 after the game. He has been walking, again, at a ridiculous clip. Are you seeing a pattern where, like, half of this lineup, I'm like, wow, they're walking a boatload lately. This is my dream. I'm Michael Jordan hugging a trophy saying I used to pray for times like this. I this is this is my dream come true. They need some timely hitting to hit those dudes in. But, like, this is what happens when you have a full lineup that's all committed and bought in to the strike zone domination thing. Akiba has been on an absolute tear. He has the third highest OPS on the team on the season with 772. Uh, and I believe the second highest OPS in the month of May at like 870 or 880. He's been an absolute monster. Uh, and this is what back in the spring, when I was having these debates about like, oh, you know, uh, should it be Carpenter or Badu making the roster? This is why, and I'm, Kerry Carpenter's been great. I want him back. They can coexist on this roster absolutely now. But on opening day, this was why I was like, oh, I'd still give it to Badu. I'd still give it to Badu. He can wreak havoc on the base paths. He can, when he's uh, when he's feeling it, he has some pop in his bat. This is three homers in the last week. And they've all been destroyed. But the biggest thing is he he takes professional ABs, such professional at-bats, just consistently walking, working the count, finding a way to get on base, whether it's a walk or a hit, or a grand slam to give you one of the coolest moments of the entire season. He's the man. Um, who else? Zach Short. I do want to talk about Zach Short. You know, I, I think Andy Abanez's days are probably numbered on this baseball team at the moment. Uh, I... I, I don't know his contract situation. I don't know if it's going to be a DFA or, or an option or whatnot, but 
Uh, I, I would imagine that just with the way Zach Short is playing, that's taking a – and whether you want to hear it or not, Jonathan Scope has been swinging the bat better lately. You can, you can laugh and be upset and say, I still want to DFA him all you want. It's objectively true. Over the last week, he's been swinging a, a, a much better bat and has actually been decently productive at times. Um, so with those two really kind of doing better, and especially Zach Short, I'm not trying to make this a scope thing because um, I, I think we're all still on the same page with him, even despite the, the, the recent trend. But um, I, I think that that's probably going to take the pressure off them to like have to keep Abanez on the roster. Um, and especially Kerry Carpenter started his rehab assignment. That's what I think is going to happen. I think Abanez is going to be here until Kerry Carpenter is healthy. And then uh, they're going to keep short. Uh, I don't scope is a different entity that that's his own thing. That's a different conversation that I think it's going to be a Banyas uh, for Kerry Carpenter would be, be my, would be my guess right now on May 29th. So we'll see what happens, but I expect Zach short to get a lot more playing time because he is swinging a very hot stick Had another hit. On Sunday, obviously the huge home run on Saturday. Oh, this team. This team just... Baseball is fun. Baseball is fun. Uh, they play the Texas Rangers, who this season have been unbelievable. This is a very, very, very big series for your Detroit Tigers. Um, the, the Rangers success in large part has come because a, I don't know if we face him or not. Yeah, of course it's game one, Matt Boyd versus Nathan Evaldi. Nathan Evaldi has been one of the best pitchers in the entire game of baseball so far this season. So that's going to be a tall task. Um, but they've gotten good starting pitching. Dunning has been unbelievable and oh, Perez has been unbelievable. And that's of course the three pitchers we face. So that's super fun. That's our luck. That's going to be a tall task, uh, to score runs off of them for starters, but the biggest thing has been, if you want to know the exact opposite of the Detroit Tigers offense when it comes to clutch hitting, it is the Texas Rangers. Their average with runners in scoring position is so ridiculous, it's not sustainable. And, like, it's the end of May. We still got a long, long, long season, well over 100 games of baseball left, right? It's still very early on. Um, but, like, they they have been a juggernaut with clutch hitting. They, they are well over 300 batting average with runners in scoring position, uh, have just been an absolute clutch factory. And so that is going to be a, a tall task for your Detroit Tigers. But if they can overcome it, um, a 500 record and possibly like first place in the division at the end of May is waiting for them if they're up for the task. So let's go have some fun, keep the ball rolling, and see what else we can accomplish. Golly, what a weekend. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game one of the Rangers series. Matt Boyd against Nathan Evaldi. What a team. What a team. Baseball, baseball can be fun. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.